Welcome in, folks. Moan McGee on Fantasy. We missed you last week, but we're going to go twice as hard this week. We have all the best advice for you. Logan, welcome back. Yeah, I'm glad to be back. Um, you know, like I said preseason, I'm kind of in Wolves fever right now. I got It was a little hectic the last few weeks. First nine of ten games are home games, so I was going to went to three games last week and craziness but now we're back now we're refocused because the wolves are dead they're gone they're done oh gross um, it is disgusting but we don't need to do wolves talk today kevin let's dive into some fancy names because i'm really excited for next man up we're talking all the nfl trades that go down but first always we start off with names to remember names to forget where are you going this week kevin name to remember for you he's been featured as a name to remember a couple times but in different years I guess mainly last year, but Terrace Marshall. Um, so we thought he was dead in the water there for a little bit with some healthy inactives uh, late last year, early this season, but played 92% of the snaps last week. No Robbie Anderson. PJ Walker can fucking chuck that ball. Um, and that bodes well for Terrace Marshall. He only needs one or two. Um, if DJ Moore were to go down or if this Panthers offense just turns into a uh, try to run up the score, put up as many points, and hope the defense can do anything. Um, Terrace Marshall is going to be a very nice player to have uh, being thought about down the stretch. Yeah, Kevin. Um, I'm just staring and looking at his his playoff uh, you know, opponents. So let's say get on Terrace Marshall here and he get, does well for you. In the fancy playoffs, he gets to play Seattle, Pittsburgh, Detroit. That is a nice run. And, you know, an underlying uh, little message there, um, maybe make a trade offer for DJ Moore, the little soft schedule there for the run-up into the playoffs. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think this Carolina team clearly uh, isn't going to be favored. They're probably going to be in a, a some lopsided games the other way. And you're right, P.J. Walker can sling it. So, Let's let's load up on the on the Panthers passing attack, which I did not see myself saying a couple weeks ago. No, no, it was far from uh, imagination back then. Um, on a name to forget, um, it, it saddens me to say, but for this year, you can forget about James Cook. Um, we'll we'll talk a lot about trades in a little bit, but uh, really a victim of a a big trade between Indianapolis and and, and Buffalo. Uh, so when it was Naheem Hines traded for uh, Zach Moss. A couple weeks ago, Zach Moss was a healthy and active. You thought that meant James Cook time, you know, a, as a backup with uh, potential uh, uh, as a handcuff. But they bring in Naheem Hines, who's really, you know, probably at this point, um, at this point in time, just a better version of James Cook. Next year, I don't think we'll be saying that, but um, for now, it's similar workloads between the two and Naheem's just better. So forget about James Cook this year. Yeah. It's almost as if they said to James Cook, you know, wait a year. We're going to have the real thing here while our Super Bowl window is wide open. And then, you know, as we need to get cheaper, as Josh Allen gets more expensive, these things, you know, then you can hand it over to the rookie. But yeah, this is Bill's signaling all in. You don't often trade for a pass-catching running back unless you're really going for it. So, um, yeah, I'm gonna t- we're going to talk about Naeem Hines a little later, but very excited about that. 
How about you? What, what, what do you have for names to remember? Yeah, this guy has been kind of all over, uh, you know, if you've been reading anything online about waiver pickups or anything, Greg Dolchich, the tight end for the Denver Broncos. So over the last two weeks, Kevin, he has a 20% target share and a 23% air yards share for the Broncos. So as a tight end, 23% air yard share is kind of nuts. Um, and, you know, he's... Over the last two games, 14 targets, 10 catches, 138 yards. Uh, and I think he just jumps up into the top 12 tight ends right in there in the bottom. Uh, there's not many more reliable that you can kind of bank on. Um, and one thing I like about him is he doesn't seem super touchdown dependent at the moment. Uh, and when you dive into tight ends, if you can uh, you know, avoid being touchdown dependent, that's huge. Yeah, there was a drive last week against the Jaguars where um, Dolchish came out and put up 10 points on that drive without scoring a touchdown. Now, you can look at that and be like, well, he only scored 12 in the game, so what was he doing the rest of the game? Or you can look at that and be like, look at the upside, look at what he can do potentially as a big play guy. You know, if you tack on a touchdown into into that and he's, you know, going to finish as a top five tight end in the, in the week. Um so the upside is absolutely there. Younger guy, get really excited about seeing younger tight ends that are kind of starting to make it. Um, and I, I, I think uh, you'd be really solid to go out and scoop up Greg Dolchich uh, out of UCLA. Yeah. Um, name to forget, though. Guy I was super excited about coming into the season. Um, and I was, I kind of had him in the same bin as Kadarius Tony going into this season. But that's Elijah Moore. Um, these are two second-year receivers. We're going to be super explosive. Uh, look to be somewhat the number one receivers in their in, in their room. Kadarius Tony, on one hand, gets traded to a contender. Looks like he might be an explosive part in Kansas City, at least um, you know for now on a few snaps per game. Who knows? But Elijah Moore did not get traded as he had wished, so he's stuck on the Jets where. He's getting out-targeted by Braxton Berrios and Tyler Conklin and C.J. Uzoma. Um, super talented player. I think, you know, just didn't uh, come in with the right attitude this offseason. I think Zach Wilson stinks. Um, and it's time to forget about him, at least for this year, as a reliable fantasy option. Yeah, Really puzzling what's going on over there in New York because you have the front office saying this guy's going to be a jet. Yeah, he asked for a trade, but we're not going to move him. We think the world of him. Um, but then, you know, gets very few touches this past week, season or this past week. And then Robert, when asked why did Elijah Moore not get his, uh, you know, back scratched a little bit there, Robert Salas said, well, we wanted to get Garrett Wilson the ball more. Well, Garrett Wilson's not going to go away. Garrett Wilson played like 90% of the snaps, and Corey Davis was out. So what's the path to success for Elijah Moore, at least for the time being? I don't see one. Yeah, hasn't gotten over uh, you know nine fancy points since week one. Uh, over the last few weeks, hasn't played slash has one target. So... Um, you're right, Kevin. This is as bad as it gets for a super talented player. I was hoping he would have find it, found himself on any number of teams, you know, I Packers or, you know, 
the Giants. I don't know, but uh, nope, stuck in the Jets. I think eventually, maybe towards the end of the year, if they're bad, I don't know. They'll go to Flacco, and Flacco can re- <laughs> give, some, give him some resurgence. But for now, he's safely droppable. Uh, yeah. yeah, it doesn't look good. Let's uh, dive into our next man up segment where we usually talk about injuries, but not too many injuries to talk about. However, there is a lot of trade talk. So today, TJ Hawkinson, Jeff Wilson, Naeem Hines, Chase Edmonds, and Chase Claypool all find themselves on different teams. Kevin, which one do you want to start out with? Um, Yeah, let's just start at the front of that list with TJ Hawkinson. I know you're probably eager to talk about the new Viking. Um, Absolutely. Irv Smith obviously goes down for multiple weeks. Um, looks like I, I believe I saw eight to ten. Um, so that'll that'll call his season. Vikings were looking for a tight end. They found a very good one in TJ Hawkinson. Um, what do you think about that pickup? So I think this might be better for the you know in actual NFL terms. You know TJ Hawkinson is the number four tight end in fantasy. Um, is he going to go up to number three with this trade? Maybe, um, you know, he had that one explosion game against Seattle. I think his floor gets raised a little bit, but that ceiling goes down. He's not going to be having any 30 point games when guys like Jefferson are around. Um, you know, if they're going to have an explosive passing day, it's going to be through Jefferson, but I don't think we'll see, you know, any more of like a three for 18 or a three for 26. I think he'll probably settle into five to six catches, 60 to 70 yards. Maybe kind of, you know, we should mention KJ Osborne. I imagine his, you know, target share goes down. I imagine Adam Thielen, who plays in the slot, his target share either remains neutral or goes down. Um but yeah, I, I I don't see a huge upside now that he's on the Vikings, but I think the floor gets raised. Yeah, well, I'm curious to hear what you think about what this means for Dalvin Cook and, and Alexander Madison. Um, I'm not as familiar with Irv Smith. Was Irv Smith a plus blocker? Is, is Hawkinson a better or worse blocker? He was not. They brought in Johnny Munt. Um, and actually, you know, uh. Irv Smith had been playing like 50% of the snaps just because he's not a blocker. He's he's a wide receiver stuck in a tight end's body. Um, and you mentioned his season's over. I think with this trade, his, his probably Vikings tenure is over. I think Very they probably easy. look to cut bait with him. Um, just been injured every year of his career. Um, unfortunate, I think he's a super talented guy, but just could never stay on the field. Not good enough blocker. So, yeah, uh, probably upgrade to the run game as well. Um, I think I saw somewhere where the Vikings are in the top 10 of run blocking right now. So upgrading the tight end position. Yeah. Vikings might have found themselves, you know, a little, you know, Kevin, don't don't get me started on the Vikings. They might have found a little something here. Well, we'll see. We'll see. It's a tough NFC. Um, Let's keep it rolling. Um, Jeff Wilson and Chase Edmonds uh, both get moved um not for each other but um you know chase Edmonds get moving out to denver jeff wilson coming in and filling his spot who do you like better of those two you're gonna hear me talk a little bit about uh, jeff wilson later so i don't want to dive in too much but he's the clear answer 
And the reason being is I think this whole Dolphins switch up. So when Chase Edmonds, Chase Edmonds got traded before Jeff Wilson. And so when Chase Edmonds got shipped out for the, in the Bradley Chubb deal, everyone was like Raheem Mostert to the absolute moon. Um, then they make the Jeff Wilson trade. And that kind of signals to me, you know, okay, so you just weren't happy with Raheem Mostert's counterpart there, um, Chase Edmonds, and you wanted to upgrade. And I think, you know, Miami is going to be a near 50-50 split probably with Jeff Wilson, Raheem Mostert. Um, Chase Edmonds now gets to play like a supercharged Mike Boone in Denver. It's going to be a mess. You know, I don't really want to start any of those three. Um, yeah, but the only guy maybe the argument in Denver that it is wide open if Chase Edmonds plays like he did in Arizona. There's maybe something to just scoop up 80% of the workload there very quickly. I'm not saying I'm I think that's going to happen. Who gets but, do you think Melvin Gordon gets completely phased out at that point or Melvin Gordon should have been completely phased out 2 weeks ago. Um I think Melvin Gordon is done. Okay, so you're a bit you're kind of bigger on Chase Edmonds here. I won't say that, but I I I think to just dismiss Jeff Wilson as the clear winner is maybe going a a, a step too far. And we're gonna talk about these guys later. So that, uh, I I just really quick want to know about Naheem Hines and Zach Moss. Any key takeaways from that trade? I think Naheem Hines has a potential to be, you know. Not he's not going to be a superstar because he's not going to rush the ball. But you know how many time how many more times is Josh Allen going to pass the ball forty five times? I don't. I, that's a good question. Probably a lot. Um, if it's not forty five, it's forty. Um, Naeem Hines is going to be out on the field a lot, a lot more than he was in Indianapolis. Um, I think this is probably bad if you are holding on to Devin Singletary because a lot of is, is Singletary's, yeah. A nightmare for Devin Singletary? I don't know if it's a complete nightmare because he probably gets most of, like, the goal line red zone-ish plays, I'm guessing. Uh, you know, it's tough when your quarterback's uh, Josh Allen and his favorite part of the field is running in the red zone. Um, but, yeah, I think this probably downgrades him – if not significantly, a lot. Um, and, I, you know, I, I'm big on Naheem Hines the rest of the way. Um, as for Zach Moss, I think he probably gets cut in a few weeks yeah, or something. I, I think he was included in this trade to make it look more even. But it's it's really uh, – there's no shot he's taking over Jonathan Taylor. Um, and it is he's just going to sit there and probably get cut either if it's not this year next or the following. Do you think the reason now this is just pure reckless speculation, Kevin, do you think the reason they brought Zach Moss back is, you know, we can't rely on just Dion Jackson if JT goes down and, you know, okay. If, if JT goes down again, he's already dealing with that ankle. We, we can at least have a power back to compliment Dion Jackson. I mean, Dion Jackson isn't, tiny by any means i i think i think the reason for bringing zach moss back was strictly depth 
But I think moving on from Naeem Hines and bringing Zach Moss back was more of a uh, vote of confidence in, in Deion Jackson than it was any any uh, pause in his ability or even really insurance and in, in being able to rely on him. I think they're, they made this move feeling very confident in uh, how explosive Deion Jackson has been this season when he's played. Do you suggest spending any fab on Deion Jackson this week? No, because you can probably get him for free. Okay. Unless you listen to Mo and McGee on fantasy. Yeah, then that is. $2. <laughs> <laughs> um, last big offensive name that got traded, and really the only wide receiver got, that got traded is Chase Claypool. We thought wide receiver was going to be a heavy trade day for them. Jerry Judy's name got thrown out there. Brandon Cook's name got thrown out there. But it's Chase Claypool who goes to the Bears. Um, kind of weird, Kevin, because... It seemed as though the Bears were signaling. They were kind of throwing up the white flag. They had traded Robert Quinn, Roquan Smith. Then they bring back a weapon for Justin Fields. Yeah, I don't know what the Bears are doing because they also, I mean, it, it looked like David uh, David Montgomery was a lock to get traded as well with Khalil Herbert rowing the ball so well. Um, but you're right, double down and bring in Chase Claypool. They might think that they can make a run at a wild card this year. I don't think they can, but... Um, Probably a, a longer-term move, I think, if they pick up. Let's see, they should have Trace Claypool for an additional year after this year. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, maybe they try to pick him up on an extension. Um, but, yeah, I, I thought this was puzzling. I love Darnell Mooney coming into the season. I love Cole Komet, but it's just been a wasteland, even when uh, – even with Justin Fields throwing the ball more, Chase Claypool just kind of sours that that whole pool even more. Yeah, I think this probably upgrades the run game even a little bit more because Chase Claypool is a great blocker in the slot. Um, you know, as far as fantasy value goes, you're right. We were not getting anything out of their two-star weapons to begin with, and now you're throwing a third in there. Um I wouldn't drop Chase Claypool. I want to see what it looks like, but I don't imagine he's going to be a starter anytime soon. Yeah. I, In your fancy lineup, that is. Yeah, definitely not. Um, all right. We did have a couple wide receiver injuries. Uh, Rashad Bateman looks like he's going to be out for a couple weeks. I think this is pretty simple, Kevin. Devin Duvernay time. Yeah, Devin Duvernay and then... Um... Actually, Devin Duvernay, while he did score a touchdown that Thursday night, it looked like Demarcus Robinson was getting fed the ball quite a bit. Um, So maybe another name to just keep an eye on, see how many targets he gets this week. Um, And, you know, I guess the Ravens do go on by. So if you're going to go after one of these guys, it's it's Duvernay or Demarcus Robinson this week because Bateman should be back after the bye. And then Devontae Parker goes down for New England. you know, it is news because he was playing a lot of the snaps, but Jacoby Myers was getting all the, the receptions there. Uh, he's still a start. Um, you know, does this signal anything else as far as like a Nelson Aguilar goes? Or, uh, you know, is there any 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 juice to Devontae Parker going down? Yeah, I think now's your shot. To, I mean, scoop. Taekwon Thornton. Thornton. Uh, and stash him on your bench. Uh, Devontae Parker was playing all those snaps. Now 
you know, Thornton, Thornton, not Thornton, Thornton should be on the, the field quite a bit more. Um, do I think he's going to bust it wide open and, you know, be a league winner? Probably not. But when there's so few injuries in a given week and you're probably dropping your extra tight end from that because you're starting tight end is on by and that sort of thing, you have an extra roster spot. This, this is kind of the spot where you take a guy like that. Yeah. All right. Let's go to hot or not. Uh, we're also going to throw, uh, you know, the fantasy trade deadlines are coming up as well. Um, so we'll do a little buy and sell with these guys as well. But Deonta Foreman, Kevin, of your Carolina Panthers, had a pretty explosive game this week. Uh, Chuba Hubbard, I believe, did not play or got injured during the game. Uh, so it was kind of the Foreman show. What is there any juice there? What, what are we doing with Deonta Foreman? Yeah, um, Foreman is, I think, completely dependent on Chuba Hubbard's status. Um, while I do think Foreman is the 1A, um, I, I, I do think that the work's going to get divided pretty evenly between the two. Um, the thing about Carolina is they do actually have pretty good run blocking, and they're going to try to run the ball. If Chuba Hubbard is out, that makes Foreman playable. If he's in and it gets divided, the offense is simply not good enough to score enough touchdowns uh, for him to be playable. So um, when Chuba's in, play Foreman. When Chuba's out, don't play him. When Foreman's out, don't even play Chuba. <laughs> so it sounds like it, if I was to ask you, you'll buy or sell, you'd be a clear sell on Deontay Foreman. Yeah, get out. Uh, and you know, there is some potential to maybe ride this one out and see is Chuba going to be active this week um, and then making the determination after that. Maybe have the potential for one more big week out of Foreman, but uh, I would try to get out now. All right. Yeah, I mean, I, I tend to agree. 118 rushing yards, back-to-back games. Um, there should be enough to go around to share, but you're kind of hoping that he breaks a big one or falls into the end zone, which can get risky when we get down to playoff time here, Kevin. Um, Another explosive player, Rondale Moore, had his best game of the season, seven for 92 and a touchdown. Does DeAndre Hopkins being back open up the middle for Rondale Moore? It should, but I don't know if I can trust it because as soon as you bet on Rondale Moore, it's Zach Ertz. And, and as soon as you bet on both of those guys, it's just going to be a DeAndre Hopkins 15 catch game. Um, I do love Rondale Moore. Um, I think he's worth rostering, but I don't feel comfortable starting him. Um, so depending on how that fits into your team's makeup, it could be a buyer or sell. Um, I would lean a little bit more sell on Rondale Moore coming off the big week. Yeah, I saw so breaking news, Kevin. I was at the game on Sunday they played the, my Vikings this week I was in the U.S. Uh, you know the, the the bank U.S. Bank Stadium um the only reason he had those points is because the Vikings horrifically missed a couple tackles his touchdown was probably a 15-yard grab that um Cameron Bynum completely just whiffed on the tackle allowed him to break open for 30 more yards and a score if he just gets tackled there take lop off 30 yards and a touchdown from that game. And all of a sudden 
you're not talking about anything. So you're right. Um, I, I'm looking at trading him. It's going to be tough. I would maybe – here's my plan. Here would be my plan if I was a Rondell more, more owner. Seattle is allowing a lot of passing work. You hope that he has an explosive game against Seattle. Trade his ass. Um, and, you know, bill him as a wide receiver two slash high-end wide receiver three. Package him with someone else, maybe a Devon, Deonta Foreman, and get yourself a better running back. Uh, that would be my advice. That's why you check the schedules. That's why you watch the games. And if you can't watch the games, you you, you read about it on Twitter or whatever. You, you get the news. But don't just pick up the box score. <laughs> follow through that's why that's that's why you just buy 170 dollars tickets to go to every nfl game that you can go to <laughs> you'll be broken a couple years but you might win in fantasy yeah exactly that, that's practically break even by my man <laughs> um let's go to this is i you know this is a kevin favorite you love this guy kevin i love at him. least you at least you did at some point antonio gibson Finds himself in Kevin. I when I read this the first time, I was flabbergasted. He's RB 16 on the season, and he's coming off the heels of two games over 16 points. So 16.7 in week seven, 20 points last week. Um, did Antonio Gibson find himself kind of a niche role as the red zone weapon? He 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 might have, and you know why he, he's RB sixteen is because he's good at football, and he's going to win out when uh, shit hits the fan. Brian Robinson, as much as he's been talked up, and as cool of a story as it is for him to make it back in such short amount of time, has looked bad. You know, will he look bad after a full year of recovery? Um, I don't know, but for now he looks bad. And I can see Antonio Gibson holding this role, you know, where he's getting seven catches for 60 yards, but then also picking up more out of the backfield. I would try to buy Antonio Gibson all over the place. Um, In some leagues, he's going to be on waivers somehow. Go get him because we talk about path to success for some of these guys. His right now, look, his path to success looks wide open with Brian Robinson despite getting lots of touches, not doing a lot with them. Yeah, and, you know, his receiving is kind of kind of shortened or constrained the, the J.D. McKissick role, um, where now you're kind of seeing Antonio Gibson steal from Brian Robinson and J.D. McKissick instead of, you know, them stealing from him. Uh, he's kind of stealing from them, which is a, kind of a nice change. Um, and I mean, Kevin, the guy has at least three catches in six of his eight games. Uh, that's very usable in fantasy. If you're looking for, uh, you know, if you're, you've been kind of snake bitten at running back this year, he has been usable in every game except for one. Um, and can't say that about many other running backs. And that's, you know, like you said, why he's running back 16. Absolutely. Last guy we have here, Jacoby Myers. What's with this guy getting into the end zone? This is uh, not his, not his, uh, his MO, but does that make him a 
a now very intriguing fantasy player, whereas before he was like a, a nice villain. Yeah, I mean Kevin. So this season he he's had he's had an 18 point game, 24 and 21 uh, touchdowns in three of the last four. Gets to play the Colts this weekend, and then after the bye, the Jets, Minnesota, tough game at Buffalo, but then Arizona, Vegas. He has a nice run of games here. Um, I usually don't recommend New England players as fantasy assets, but right now it seems pretty concentrated between Ramondre Stevenson and Jacoby Myers, where I feel comfortable if I had Jacoby Myers on my team, he'd be in my flex spot every week. Absolutely. That's exactly where I stand, too. He's going to burn you. Like He has last year... And I believe the tail end of the year before, and then, um, you know, it, it's only a matter of time before he does put up that two point week. But for most weeks, you can lock him in for six catches, 60 yards, and that is just fine. You're very happy with that, with the upside of getting 10 catches for 120 yards, and that would, you'd be just tickled pink. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, there's a couple guys that if you own them, you were not tickled pink, Kevin. These are the bums of the week. Where are you going with your bum? My bum is a uh, longtime Packer favorite, Devontae Adams. Um, goes and faces, you know, in the New Orleans secondary that kind of got beat up a little bit by Arizona the week before. Thought there was going to be some opportunity there. Does see five targets, but one catch, three yards, and then uh, a carry for negative one yards. Uh, you're looking at sub two for fantasy points, 1.2 points. Um, and this is a guy that you had to take in the first round. So, and that means you, you know, you weren't able to get a bell cow running back to try to pick up some of the slack. You were re- relying on Devonte to at very minimum, get you 10 points. And he did not. And you lost. Yeah. Um, what a weird game, you know, how many other NFL teams have gotten sh- completely shut out this season? Zero. Um, yeah, but they just could not do anything. Josh McDaniels is looking like, once again, not a great hire as a, as a head coach. Uh, shocker there. I can't believe he's not a great head coach. Um, Somebody else should give him a try. I'm sure a change of scenery is all that it would take. Yeah, maybe the Colts after they have, you know. <laughs> Get rid of Frank Reich, try out <laughs> McDaniels again. Um, but, yeah, just super ugly. Devontae Adams, as, as talented and as good as he is, has kind of been feast and famine this year. Really good games, and then games with one, two catches. Uh, he bailed you out with some touchdowns earlier in the season. Um, but, yeah, I, name a Raider outside of Josh Jacobs that, that's a starter in fantasy, like, you know, that you feel really, really good about. Not Darren Waller, not Hunter Renfro. You know, like we just said, Devontae Adams is shaky. Uh, it's just kind of brutal right now. And seems like they just need to rely on Josh Jacobs even more at this point. Yep. It is not looking pretty. Not- yeah. Uh, speaking of not looking pretty, Kevin, this guy you had to not only just spend a first-round pick, you most likely had to spend the number one overall pick on this guy. Uh, If I told you, Kevin, that, you know, through eight weeks of the season, 
Jonathan Taylor had 71 total fantasy points, you'd probably throw up, wouldn't you? You'd throw up. Say, yeah. How long was he hurt? And the um, would only be a couple of weeks, and you would then throw up again. Yeah. Uh, so after week one, you felt super good about yourself. 27.5 points. That's why you spent the number one pick on him. Since then, it's been a complete and utter disaster. Uh, you know, it, he got injured in the back end of that Tennessee game. That was his worst game of the season, 3.3 points. But this was just an abject failure, Kevin. 5.6 points this weekend against the Commanders. Um, zero targets, zero catches. Uh, had had 16 rushes, nice. 76 yards, nice. But I don't think you walked into the season thinking I have to have a touchdown from Jonathan Taylor or he's unplayable. And unfortunately, it looks oh, yeah. that way right now. Yeah, and you know, who who could you have taken with the 101? Cooper Cup, McCaffrey, Christian McCaffrey put up 40 points. Um, yikes. Yep. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> just letting that, that one sink in a little bit because McCaffrey was my one-on-one. Uh, anyway, that's going to do it for the recap theme. Yeah, I will do uh, it. Podcast. Uh, we'll catch you guys next episode with a primer. Get you ready for the week. See Absolutely. you there. Let's do it.